to go with us to the book of Genesis, amen, chapter 4, and then also the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 16, amen, and verse 9, amen, Genesis chapter 4, we're going to begin at verse 5. And then 1 Corinthians 16, one verse of Scripture, verse 9. Amen. Now, Genesis ought to be easy to find. Amen. 1 Corinthians is after the book of Romans, before the book of 2 Corinthians. <laughs> that helps you at all. If not, amen. Praise God. Amen. Just work on it. Praise the Lord. That's all I can tell you. Amen. But it will be on the screen. Amen. Praise God. Genesis chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 5 through 7 and then 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9. Amen. Again, good to have everybody tonight. We love all of you. Amen. Appreciate amen. you. Thank you again. Uh, amen. For your worship so far. Praise God. How many ready for the word tonight? Amen. I want to give you what the Lord has spoken to me today. Amen. Genesis chapter 4, verse 5. Everybody have it. A standing say amen. Amen. But unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance falling? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him." 1 Corinthians 16 and 9 says, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Amen. They're going to blast the shofar. Amen. We want you to give the Lord a shout of praise for his word tonight. Amen. Come on. And bless him. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I skip verses 7 and 8 in 1 Corinthians. It says, For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. And if the Lord will allow me tonight, I just want to minister on this thought, I'm all in. Amen? I'm all in. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm all in. Amen? I'm all in. Praise God. Praise God. We've been reminded, amen, uh, uh, several times that uh, the, the year 5784, which is the year that it is right now on the Hebrew calendar, which began, amen, in the, amen, in the fall. We've been reminded that 5784 is connected in Hebrew to, amen, the door, amen. We know the dollar and the number four, amen, represents the door. And so in the Hebrew, this is the year, amen, that uh, pertains to the door, specifically 
and an open door. Amen. We see an open hand and an open door. Amen. In the Hebrew. Amen. With the numbers here. Praise God. And so as the Lord just began to deal with my heart. Amen. And just continuing on this thought. Amen. When we're talking about open doors. Amen. We're really referencing opportunities. Amen. We're referencing. Amen. Opportunities. Opportunities that are specifically ordained and orchestrated in the spirit. So that means by the time you get to the open door or by the time you get to the opportunity, it has already been set and ordained in the spirit. So it's not something that is just going to happen that you're going to get up, amen, tomorrow and God's going to decide, amen, that I'm going to make this opportunity for Shane or I'm going to have this open door, God has already went ahead of you and ordained that open door. Somebody look at your neighbor and say the open door. Amen. Praise God. So before they manifest in the natural, they're already going to be set apart and ordained in the spirit. This is why it is important for us to stay in the spirit. This is why it is important for us to walk. Amen. Amen, circumspectly, to walk, amen, with a conscience, amen, aware of the things of the Spirit. We cannot just live our life haphazardly. We cannot just live it with the old uh, thinking, case sirrah, sirrah. Whatever will be, will be, amen. We cannot think like that any longer, amen. So when we think of open doors in its context, it's the idea of us going through them, not us opening them. Amen. I want you to uh, understand that, that when we speak about that uh, idea or that concept of the open door, it's not the idea that you're going to get to a door and you're going to open it. Amen. But the door is already going to be opened and you have to go through it. Are you with me? Amen. Praise God. And so uh, I want us to remember that anytime there's an opportunity, there's going to be opposition. Uh, anytime we have an opportunity to step into deeper destiny, amen, in our lives. And when I say destiny, I don't say that lightly. I don't say that flippantly. I know that word has been tossed around in the church world, of, amen, for about 20 years. And it's been taken very uh, lightly. It's been taken out of context, uh, amen. But the assignment that God has for your life, uh, we preached a couple of weeks ago about uh, the importance of getting into the secret place and uh, getting access, having access into the heavenlies uh, so that God can begin to reveal to you uh, the details of the plans and the destiny, amen, that he has for your life so that as you are walking, uh, amen, doing life, how many knows we can't just quit doing life, uh, amen, you can't just quit your job and say, you know what, I'm just going to be for the Lord, uh, amen, praise God, now if God speaks that to you, then uh, have at it, amen, but you can't just do that and say, well, God's going to take care of me, uh, I'm just going to live the rest of my life, uh, amen, in obedience, so we still got to do life, uh, amen, but I'm talking about being in the place uh, and having such a keen awareness.
awareness. Amen. Having the focus. Amen. Upon heavenly things. That no matter where you are in your life, no matter what is happening, whether, amen, the enemy has brought something, amen, to try and oppose you, or whether the opposition is God allowed and he is allowing something there, you to be able to discern and to be able to keenly be aware, amen, that this is the perfect will of God, so that you don't settle, amen, in the moment, praise God, as we said before, for something that is good, and even though it may not be wrong, amen, it does not mean that it is the best that God has for that moment. Are you with me? So this means that we really got to be at the place where we don't allow our feelings and our emotions to control our moments. Now we're all going to have moments. We're all going to have times where the teapot, amen, whistles a little louder than it does other times. Amen. We're going to have times where we feel like, amen, that we have righteous anger. I'm not saying that you can't feel. If you don't feel, amen, that you're dead. Amen. Are you with me? We have feelings and God give them to us. Amen. But those feelings cannot uh, control and dominate, amen, our destiny. So that means we're going to have to position ourselves to the awareness, amen, of what's happening around us. I need you to hear me. I sense this and I feel this in my spirit for this coming months and weeks. Amen. That are ahead of us in 2024. Amen. Because it could be, amen, the difference, amen, between a financial blessing and a financial miracle. Amen. Praise God. It could be the difference in somebody giving you 20 and somebody giving you 20,000. Come on. I mean that. Praise God. It could be the, it could be that close amen of a difference and so uh, understanding amen that when you step into destiny when you ordain your steps to be ordered by the Lord when you get to the place that you say okay God this is your day you've given me this day it's yours I redeem it give it back to you now you order my steps that if I'm walking in the produce trying to decide on which apple is the best you say I need to go to dairy right away because there's something in the dairy department that I've got for you come on somebody do you hear me I'm talking I'm being serious hallelujah being that keenly aware this is why we cannot get caught up in the distractions even kingdom distractions we can be distracted by good things by right things and miss out on the best thing that God has for us come on somebody do you hear me hallelujah I'm telling you I sense this and so you've got to understand amen that when you step into opportunity you are going to face opposition just remember OPP equals OPP opposition equals opportunity equals opposition hallelujah but understand that if you have prepared yourself in the secret place come on 
somebody. The opposition will not be able to handle the anointing that is resting on somebody. And it will not be able to handle. Oh, I feel hallelujah. His presence on the Thursday night. I'm telling you there's something coming in this revival. I know we say it, we expect it, but there is something that releasing in this revival. And you gotta decide whether you're all in. I'm gonna be all in. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? But if you have prepared yourself and you spend time in the secret place and you spend time in fellowship with your Father and the presence of the Holy Spirit is active in your life, then the opposition will not be able not only to handle you, it will not be able to stop you. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Oh, I got the devil under my feet. Don't have to 
wait for it to be opened. So you don't have to do anything for the door to be opened. We already said to you when we're speaking of these opportunities and these open doors, by the time it manifests in the natural, it has already been in existence in the spirit. But when you get to this door, it is already open. It is active. Amen. You know, like the word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's effectual. Amen. The active prayer of a righteous man, the fervent and effectual prayer, the active prayer of a righteous man. Come on, availeth much. So this door, amen, that is already opened. So you don't have to wait for it to be opened. So don't worry about, well, what if I take this step and I trust in God and I step into destiny and I make up my mind that I'm going to abide in the obedience that God has laid on my heart. God is, I feel like God has called me to minister and now I'm going to step in. I'm going to step into that destiny. I'm going to step into that opportunity. But what if I don't get the opportunity? What if the door is not open? What if, what if, what if, what if? You got to understand that God is saying something in this season that you do not have to wait for the door to be open because the door is already open. Not only is it open, but it is established in a fixed position. It is established in a specific place. It is established in a certain time that if you are in alignment with what heaven is doing, when you come upon that door, there is not a man or a demon, an angel, a circumstance that can close that door. Oh, somebody better help me in this place because God ordained it and fixed it. You believe your wayward child is coming home? Then you step in because the door is already open. And when the appointed time comes, they're going to be running right through that door. And you've got to be there. Somebody better help me. That's why you cannot be distracted. You cannot let the weight and the cares of life hinder you and slow you down. Yes, amen. Are you understanding yes. this tonight? Am I making sense? Yes. There is a set time or a season of this open door. The Greek word is kalos. That means it is a moment that you can't get back. Kronos is a fixed time. This is Kronos time. 12, 1, 2 o'clock. Amen. 24 hours from now, it's going to be what? What is that? What is it? 24 hours from now, guess what time it's going to be? 7.54. Right? It's a fixed time. Ain't nothing you do to change that. When the alarm goes off at 3.30 a.m., I'm turning it on. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, save Shane. If she ain't already, then I don't reckon she is. I don't want to see anything here online. 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so it's a set season. So that means if you're in a season of struggle, and God has an open door, if you are faithful and you are sensitive and you keep your focus on what matters, that season of struggle is not going to last any longer than Amen. what God has ordained it to last. Yes, that's good. Now you can you can you can hold that by not staying prepared mm -hmm. and not being ready. Now this is also an implication of a word or an act, right? That's the that's the that's the root of it. That's the very ancient root of that word. That it's it signifies a man work or an act. So an open door. Had to be open, had to be closed before we could call it open. Uh -huh. Right? Somebody said, oh, we could be open. <laughs> so if it was closed and it's open in the spirit before you ever get to it, who opens it? God. So this implies that God is the one, again, who opens the door for you. It has already been opened for you. And once again, what God, when God opens a door, no man yes. can shut it. So you, you, may, not, you may not relate to Paul's words in this scripture if you've never had to fight to get what God has for you. Oh, come on, somebody. Maybe, maybe I'm one of three in here that's had to fight for what God has for me. So if you've never had to fight for what God has for you, then you can't relate to the words of Paul in this passage of Scripture. See, we know Paul had planned. We preached here before in this chapter. We know that Paul had planned to go through Macedonia as he was visiting Corinth. But he didn't go to Corinth right away. He tarried, the Bible says, in Ephesus because God had given him an opportunity or an open door. Mm -hmm. A great door and effectual. So an important and an active door is open unto me. Mm -hmm. So it's already open, right? Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's it's going to be there when he gets there. So he tarried in Ephesus because God had an opportunity or an open door for him there in Ephesus. So... We have to understand that there are times when possessing the promises of God warrants war. Mm. There are times when we possess. Remember when the children of Israel were brought out, was brought out of Egypt, amen, and the land of Canaan already was given to them. In other words, the deed and the title to the land had already been signed over to them. But there were squatters. Mm -hmm. There were people that had been living there without permission. And they had 
claimed it as their own. So now what they had to do was they had to move these people out. God could have cleared those people out for them and said, okay, honey, here you go. Go right in, just help yourself. But see, they had to possess it. Uh-huh. See, if God just gave us all the blessings hand over fist, we would never understand the gratitude and the blessing in its context because it would be something we never had to fight for. Right. And this is a fight that you cannot be timid in, especially in these times we are in. Because hell is blatant. Hell is not hiding anything any longer. The enemy knows that his time, his chronos is running out. Amen. And he don't want you to have a kairos moment. Amen. In the chronos time that he has left. Amen. So what he's doing is now he's not he's not hiding anything. He's pulling out all the punches. He's like, pull back the curtain, fellas. We just gotta get this thing. We gotta get as many deceived and as many on our side as we can. So he's not a man being shy or backward. He's not beating around the bush. He's not a man going around a man the reality. A man is going right in. So in these times that we are in, in this fight, in taking possession of what God has for you and the promises of God. Amen. You cannot be timid. Can I tell you that tenacity is a requirement. Amen. You can't be yellow-bellied. You can't be jelly-spined. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? I said tenacity is a requirement. Look at your neighbor and say, be tenacious. Tenacious. Excuse me. Be tenacious. Tenacious is a requirement. I looked up, amen, hallelujah, some synonyms for tenacity. Because I'm sure some of you are like, tenacity, what's that really mean? Why? You know, I don't know. Well, I'm glad that you don't because here's some, amen, synonyms for tenacity. A synonym is a word that means the same. Amen. Praise God that you can use in its place. We got diligence. We got stubbornness. We got grit. There's determination. There's gut. There's follow through. I like that one. Follow through. There's resoluteness. There's nerve. There's application. I like that one too. You've got to apply what you know to be right. If you're going to walk in righteousness, you've got to apply what you know to be true. If you're going to walk in truth. Oh, come on somebody. Do you hear me? So if you're going to take what belongs to you, amen, you've got to put an application of what you know is yours already. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. And the last one that I got is heart. you got to have heart. Amen. If you're going to have heart, you got to have passion. And if you're going to have passion, you got to have fire. And if you're going to have fire, you're going to have to be in the secret place. And if you're in the secret place, you're going to be in the presence of the Lord. That's where you're going to get your passion and your fire reignited. Oh, you might get it during revival, but it's going to go out just as quick as it came. But if you follow through, and if you say, yes, my time with the Lord is his time, not my time. This is not my life, but I'm taking up the cross, and I'm going to follow him in this season. Hallelujah. Do you understand me? And Paul said, even though the door 
door is open, there is opposition. He said adversaries. Paul knew that he could not rely on his own desires. I wasn't in the mood to pray this morning. If I went by feelings, right. I didn't right. feel like praying this morning. Come on. <clears throat> I might have even grunted a time or two. <laughs> Getting there. Come on. Come on. It ain't like It's not always like that. Right. Come on. I'm just being real with uh -huh. It's not always like that. But man, a revelation that I got this mm. morning in prayer, in his presence, mm -hmm. that settled around me mm -hmm. in prayer, was an open door. Yes. Are you, are you with me? See, you can't rely on your own desires. Uh -huh. Now that also means when you go into the prayer closet, you can't take in an agenda. Uh -huh. Now we can ask God for specific things, but we ain't going in. Okay, now. Yeah. Because what happens when we do that? <laughs> we rarely get it. Right. And then what happens? We get frustrated. Right. We get upset. The enemy says, well, you evidently don't believe. It's your faith. Because you're asking in this. And the Bible says that. Right. You ask in vain. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. That's another, another time about prayer. Amen. Praise God. But, 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 but Paul knew that he had to keep his heart pure and his mind renewed. Mm -hmm. That's why you got to do a flush. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Every day you got but you got to baptize your heart mm -hmm. in the presence of the Holy Spirit daily to wash away stuff that might get attached to it as you're feeling and walking in this earth. Amen. I, now, I, listen, I know I've said it and, and, and you've agreed, but listen, you can walk, you can step outside and feel it. Even sinners feel like something's not right in the world. Uh -huh. They sense that something is off. So, so you gotta, you got to keep your heart pure. you got to protect your heart. That's why you gotta, you got to, sometimes you got to break off relationships with toxicity. Yep. There's some people that, just, that are just toxic. Uh -huh. They're just toxic. And if you keep listening, even though you know they're toxic, and you keep listening, amen, that stuff's going to get smeared on you somewhere along the way. Come on, somebody, you understand? Sometimes you just have to break away. Uh -huh. And he had to keep his mind renewed. How do we renew our mind? In the Word. You've got to remind yourself, look, boy. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta think like this. You gotta, you gotta talk like this. You gotta write it like this, right? 
You look in the mirror. As Paul said, right now we only see through a glass darkly. Just, just it's very dim. We don't see clearly that his glory will be revealed in us. Mm-hmm. And we'll see from glory to glory, from one level of glory to another. So he had to keep his heart pure and keep his mind renewed. And you and I have got to do the same thing. Amen. We've got to do the same thing. But just as adversaries and opposition are waiting on the other side of the door, so is sin. Uh-huh. Sin is also waiting there to try to catch you. Let, 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 we, we, we could go back now to Genesis chapter 4 to where, to where we began. Where we read first. Amen. In verse 5, and it said, But Cain, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. You see, you, you gotta, you got to step back for a minute. When Adam and Eve sinned, and the ground was cursed, then the Bible tells us that Adam knew Eve, and she conceived Cain. You've got to remember that this word know, as it's used here in the Hebrew, it means sex. They, 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 they were with one another, they were intimate, but it shows the high interpersonal terms in a committed relationship. It wasn't just, we talked about it in our study on the days of Noah, it wasn't just a, a crude or casual like it is most of the time in our culture. Uh-huh. Just a casual thing. Oh, they had sex. So it, it said that Adam knew Eve. So that, that act, this word in the Hebrew, it, it literally uh, it shows us that it contributes to the bond of unity and the building up of that one flesh relationship. This is why you are to remain Faithful to your marriage covenant partner. Amen. Because you can't share that one flesh relationship with someone else. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I just want you to understand that. That, that. And because here's the thing. She said, the Bible says that she gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have acquired for myself. The Lord has given me a man. The word Cain means I have acquired him or I have got him. Remember what, remember, this implies, this this, this tells us, amen, that uh, she likely, Eve likely thought that Cain was that seed that God promised from the woman to be the deliverer. Because he said, right, he said to, to, to Satan, and he heard it, out of the woman will come a seed that will be the deliverer. So she said, God's given me the man. This is the man that God has given me. So in her mind, I'm making a point, in her mind, she likely thought this by what she called him, Cain. And then that Bible tells us that she conceived again, right? And she also had Abel. And then the Bible tells us that Abel was the keeper of the sheep and Cain was the tiller of the ground. 
Now, I said that to say this is probably likely the likelihood of her thinking that based on what she named him, she probably told him that. She probably told Cain, you're my firstborn seed. Let me tell you, let me, let me tell you a story, son. We messed up. And God came, but he told, but he told, he told the Satan that out of that out of a woman would come a seed that would be a deliverer that would that would defeat Satan. I think you're him, Cain. So think of the pride and the thing that's set in Cain's mind. Mm -hmm. And the, the concept that Cain had of himself. Are you with me? And there came a time when they brought their offering. To the Lord. Now remember, there was no written law established about bringing sacrifice or offering per se to the Lord. Now keep in mind that when Adam and Eve sinned and they were banned from the garden, Amen. That God set the flaming cherubims, Amen, over the, uh, Amen, at the gate, Amen, the tree of life. I, I believe I was thinking today. I've never thought about this till today, Amen. Sometimes I think too much, but I was thinking about this today, Amen. That I wonder when they took their sacrifice if they had to go beyond the, the, the cherubim, if they had to take their sacrifice to the tree of life, if they had to take their offering and to the tree of life because that was the sacred place in the garden. I don't know, something to think about. Amen. Praise God. But knowing that if they did, God had to give them access, but the Bible tells us, amen, that we know Cain brought, amen, the fruit of the ground, amen, and Abel brought the firstborn sheep of of the flock as well as the fat. Amen. He didn't just bring the sheep but he brought the firstborn sheep. Amen. And not only did he bring the firstborn sheep but he brought the fat. You can read later in scripture that giving God the fat, amen, was a deep sign of, amen, significance in that person's willingness in their sacrifice. Amen. It was a deeper form of worship. You'll see that later, amen, when the sacrificial system gives up, amen, praise God, and giving God the fact, amen, praise the Lord, because that was, amen, everything about, amen, the sheep. And the Bible says, amen, that when they brought their offering to the Lord, that God had respect for Abel's offering, but he showed no respect for for Cain's offering. Amen. Now, amen. Would you understand that in the Hebrew, it's it's literally that God accepted Abel's offering, but he did not accept Cain's offering. And the Bible says that Cain was very angry. He's in his feelings, right? He's in his emotions. He's very angry. Amen. Praise God. And his countenance fell. In other words, he was downcast. Hallelujah. And I got to thinking today, I wonder... How they knew, uh, how God let them know that he accepted the sacrifice. If we look later on in the sacrificial system, when a sacrifice was accepted, fire was brought down, amen, and consumed the sacrifice. So I wonder how God let them know, amen. That's why my mind went to the tree of life and to the flaming cherubims, amen, guarding that. Did, 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 did fire come down from heaven? How did God signify that he he accepted Abel's offering but not Cain's. And if Cain truly had a sense of 
pride that he was that firstborn, that special son. That he, amen, praise God. Imagine, amen, how embarrassed that he would have been because God did not accept his sacrifice. His pride, amen, was busted. Amen. Hallelujah. But listen to what God said. Amen to Cain. Amen. If you look it up, it made him angry. Hallelujah. Made him very distraught. But God said to Amen to, uh, to, uh, to Cain. Go to verse 6. And the Lord said, Why are you mad? Why is your face down? Why are you sad? Why are you down? Has your face uh, dropped? Why are you like that? Why is it that you're that way? Look at verse 7. Hallelujah. Amen. Because he said, if you're doing what is good, then wouldn't it be accepted? If you're doing what you're supposed to for the right reasons, then would it not be accepted? In other words, come on somebody, do you hear me? Amen. But amen, praise God, here's the thing. Hallelujah. It revealed Cain's heart. It revealed the condition of his heart because he did not go in there, amen, with the purpose that Abel did. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, amen, the book of Hebrews tells us, amen, that Abel's sacrifice was by faith. Amen. And so when you look at the fact that he took the firstborn or the firstfruits, amen, of the animals of the flock, Abel or Cain took what he did with his own hands from the cursed ground. Are you with me? Hallelujah. But Abel also brought the fact which we know later God recognizes as a form of, of deeper worship. And Hebrews says that Abel went in faith that this reveals the condition of Abel's heart versus the condition of Cain's heart. Because God said if you would do what was right, amen, then would it not be accepted? In other words, amen, you were just going through the motions, Cain. You were only doing it because you thought it was the right thing to do. Or maybe you were even doing it because Abel was doing it. But Abel brought it because he desired to please me. He desired to worship me. That's the condition of the heart. I'm going somewhere. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm all in. Hallelujah, I'm all in. Hallelujah. But he said, if you don't do it right, if you only do it for the outward appearance, if you only do it because it's the thing you're supposed to do, then sin is crouching on the other side of the door. Oh, come on, somebody. We're talking about an open door. Sin is crouching. It's one thing for adversaries and to oppose you on the other side. Amen. But sin, amen, on the other side. He said, if you don't, sin is crouching at the door. And this is what he said. He said, I know it says this in the King James, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. It simply says, it wants you. Sin wants you, but you can rule over it. It does not have to be this way. Sin desires you. It wants you. It doesn't care who you are, where 
<laughs> if we allow God to master us first, if we allow Him to master us first, that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. That doesn't mean you're never going to slip. Right. But if he is always in first place, uh -huh. if he's always first in line, if he is always the first on your checklist, come on. Then sin cannot master you. Yes, that's good. Now we ain't gonna talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the blood, the word. The authority that you have in all of those three things. I shouldn't say, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit, that's a thing. I thought I called the Holy Ghost a thing. The power of the Holy Spirit, that's a thing. That dunamis power. We're not even talking about all of that. Because he said, that sin wants you. It's uh, good. Remember, when, remember when, 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 when Jesus came to Peter and he said, Peter, Satan yep. desires to sift you. you like we. That's literally translated. Satan is lusting after you, Peter. Mm. <laughs> he mm. sure does. He wants what we got. He wants you as real as a husband. Wants his wife. Mm. He lusts for you, Peter. What did he lust after with Peter? Peter had a boldness. Mm -hmm. Peter had a perseverance. Mm -hmm. Peter wasn't even wasn't even converted, but he said, "Yeah, nope, I'll be following him. Mm -hmm. Don't catch me doing that." But of course, we know. He denied Jesus. But Peter had a tenacity. He had a grit. He had heart. He had a resoluteness that where you go, I'll follow. Even though he was weak and sin was ruling over him, he didn't recognize the extent of it, but he had a heart to follow Jesus. Come on, somebody. You'll get that sometime later. God's not asking for perfection. He's just asking for heart. Yes. He's not asking for you to do it right all the time. He's just asking you for, for you to want it to be right. Yes. Amen. Yes. He's not asking you to, to, to make the mark. He's asking you to attempt not to miss it. Yes. And there's a difference. Yes. There's a big difference. That's the difference in religion. Uh -huh. And relationship. That's right. But Satan lusted after what Peter could be for Jesus. Uh -huh. It's amazing to me how folks who were rowdy and in sin and catching up at the bar or in the at a ball game or something and they're all <laughs> yeah. 
But God wants them to raise their hands. And, 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 and everybody, everybody in, your, in the crowd was just, just about everybody. No, I was never one of them. <laughs> no exception. You'd, I'd be the one you would find sitting in the corner watching everybody. Like. <laughs> Today, if you like. I was the one recording in my mind thinking, shoo, Lord, they only get out super big How crazy, right? Come on, right? But then you come, you come in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, a group of like-minded people and the Lord wants you to raise your hand to Come on. I've never understood that. Yeah, I know. It's a heart thing. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. I don't mean that ugly. I'm just telling you it's a heart thing. But my point is, is because I was one of those people, look, I'm telling you, you know, I, I, I got saved the first time when I was 15. I got saved 300 times by the time I got saved. <laughs> <laughs> by the time I got to live at the age of 30, I'd probably, I'd, probably, I'd, probably, I'd probably had a salvation experience at least 150 times. Come on. Anybody with me? Yes. <laughs> But when, when, when I got saved, I was 15. Look, I was raised in church. I was, I was raised in, in, in what was labeled a holy roller church. Man, that people all but climbed the walls like Spider-Man. And, uh, <laughs> yes, 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 sir. Well, I'm not kidding you, right? Amen, you see. Some things are a little questionable today, but you understand what I'm saying. Amen, praise God. But when I got saved, uh-uh. I would not raise my hands. I can remember resisting the desire to lift my hands in worship. And everybody else around me, just about everybody else around me, was doing it, but not me. Why? Because I was afraid everybody was going to look at me. Oh, that's funny. Right? Right? And and I'm telling you, it took me many years. I've told you before, when I first started singing, I sat behind the podium. Amen. Nobody could see me. Then when I did stand up, I turned and faced the wall. And I played my guitar and sang to the wall like a goofball. Not goofy, that look. Praise God. But praise God, he had mercy and grace upon me. Amen. My pastor didn't knock me in the head. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Satan stood on the other side of me looking at everybody. And I'm looking that way. Amen. Singing the leaves. You sing in the harmony. Amen. Both of us playing the guitar. Amen. Praise God. So then you work your way up to the mic and then you don't talk. You just sing. Right? You just sing. Sing, sing, sing. And you close your eyes. You don't open your eyes at all. You don't even look. You got to pray. You don't miss a chord. You learn to you learn to get the feel of the guitar, right? Then you get to where you open your eyes. You don't look at people, though. Amen. You find a focal point and you don't look people in the eye. Amen. You just look across. Amen, people. And then you get to the place to where you finally say, I love the Lord. I'm glad to be here. I thank you. I wouldn't even feel what the Holy Ghost sent to me to get that far. But when you truly get your heart 100% committed, amen, your total heart, amen, is sold out. Whether you are, whether you think or feel you're right or worthy or not, amen, and then when you hear, hallelujah, words, amen, like sound the alarm, amen, he's coming with a holy visitation. I was made for war. I was made for war. Something moves inside of you. Something jumps up inside of your heart. And before you know it, you're 
feet are moving, your hands are up, you're doing things that you never thought you would do. You'll leap, you'll run, you'll crawl, you'll do whatever because your heart, amen, is completely surrendered to the Lord. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? I'm not saying everybody's supposed to jump, but everybody could. Right. Unless you're crippled, physically unable, everybody can jump for the Lord. <laughs> what would you do if it was a requirement when you walked in the door? You got to jump for the Lord first. <laughs> Come on. You don't talk about it. It's the heart. That's my point. So if we, if we. Allow God to master us first. Sin won't rule over us. Obviously, Cain didn't he because he killed Abel. Uh -huh. He killed him. He acted upon his emotions. Now I want us, I got one more set of scriptures that I want us to look at. Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn you even to me with all your heart. Yes, yes. And with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Uh, yes. And rend your heart and not your garments. And turn on the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Slow the anger and of great kindness and repent of him of the evil. Yes. Joel's reminding Judah here that the power lies in the fact that God sent the plagues. That, 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 that it was the, 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 the judgment and that the coming was God. Amen. But there was an open door before then. God said, if you turn, turn, return, repent. Yes. But if you turn, go back again if you would to verse 12. Turn. Even to me, or return to me with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Mm -hmm. He said, "Tear your heart and not your garments." Why did he say such a such a weird thing as that? Because tearing of the garment was a sign of repentance. When they were in, when they were mourning, they were sorrowful, or they were in repentance. They would. Put ashes on their forehead. That's where, that's where, that's where Ash religions get Ash Wednesday. You can cover your whole body in ashes, but it ain't going to change anything unless you repent and turn your heart to God. And they would rip their garment as a sign, an outward sign of mourning and sorrow and, and regret and grief and repentance. He said, Rip your heart. Uh huh. Not the garments. Let it be in here. Let it not just be an outward expression, but an inward change. He said, I want all of your heart. Turn to me with all your heart. Add to that fasting, weeping, mourning. Those are signs. Fasting, weeping, and mourning are signs of repentance. That's what he's saying. 
You don't have to fast a certain amount of days. You don't have to sit at the altar and weep till you, your eyes are full and shut. And you don't have to walk around in mourning all the time. Those were outward signs of repentance. He said, so turn to me with all of your heart. And if you do, you're going to manifest it. Mm -hmm. Your actions are going to reflect it. So he said, rip your hearts. Tear your hearts and not your garments. Don't let it just be an outward expression, but let it be an inward work. This is what the Lord said to me. Because when you give him all of your heart, as you go through the open door, there's no turning back. You're declaring, I'm all in. I'm all in. Nothing being held back. Because God was telling them, if you do this, you're going to change the outcome. I'll repent of the evil. I'll change it. Come on, somebody, do you understand me? It don't look at your name and say it don't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. But if you go all in, if you say yes, God, in this season, this last, these last moments we have of these last days, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters, but I'm all in. God, you've got all of me. Amen. I think of the day of that old song, Draw Me Close to You. Michael W. Smith used to sing, Draw Me Close to You. Never let me go. Amen. Praise God. Bring me into your presence. Draw me, Lord. Draw me into your presence because I'm all in. And as we move into this revival, as they'll come, if they'll come to the music, as we move and press in, to this winter revival coming up, amen, on Sunday. Amen, a full purpose in our mind. Hallelujah, that in our heart we're all in. God, I'm going to give you all of my heart. I'm going to give it all to you, God. Amen, because there's open doors. Amen, that are already set. They're already open. They're already in existence. They're already there. God's already made it available. And there's a fixed time. There is a season that I must be in to walk through that door for that opportunity. So I'm going to be all in. I'm going to give you all of my heart. I'm not going to be like Cain and give an outward expression and just go through the motions, but I'm going to be like Abel and I'm going to bring you my worship. I'm going to bring you all of my heart. I'm not just going to bring you the first fruit, but I'm going to bring you the fact. I'm going to bring you a worship from out of me that has never came out of me before. Are you with me? As you stand all across this place, I'm telling you, I sense something in this revival. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Today, the Lord, amen, and I, I wasn't planning on telling this, amen, but today as I was, amen, studying this morning and meditating on the Lord, amen, he spoke to me, amen, he said, I want you to, I want you to take communion, and I said, but Lord, I'm fasting, and I'm not supposed to be putting anything like that in my body. He said, I didn't ask you for your permission. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I want you to take communion. 
So I said, okay, Lord, I'll take communion. I don't take it to, amen, bring amen, any enjoyment to my flesh anyhow. Not a fan of grape juice, and I surely don't like styrofoam. Amen. Come on, right? Come on. That's pretty much what it's like. It's like eating a piece of a styrofoam cup. Amen. Praise God. It's not supposed to be enjoyable. These churches that serve uh, pop and potato chips at communion, it's real. They do it. There's churches, amen, that'll do that. Praise God. Because they want everybody to be satisfied. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's the problem. Amen. Come on. Amen. But anyway, I'm getting off. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So I've done that. I don't know what the purpose of that was for. Whether it was just to see if I would be willing to be obedient. If there's something that's uh, amen that it's done for me. Amen. My spirit. Amen. That's coming up. I don't know. But my point being uh, is that we can, uh, we've got to get ourselves to the place uh, that we can't just let our outward. See, I, not that I'm going through the motions, but in a sense, uh, the fasting of the 21 days, I'm going through the motions. I said, God, I'm showing this outward expression. I can't be doing something like that. Amen. Praise God. And he's told me, I need you. Amen. I'm asking you and telling you to do that. Amen. So we got to get to that place to where, amen, we say, God, I'm all in. I'm going to give you a heart. I got to be, I got to be tenacious. I've got to have grit. I've got to be unlike any time that I've ever been before. This timidity is not going to make it. This, this humbleness that, oh God, I just don't want to offend you. We got to step in, amen, to destiny and say, God, I'm giving you my whole heart. I'm giving it to all of you. If you've called me to preach, then I want to preach. If you've called me to teach, then I want to teach. If you've called me, amen, whatever you've called me to, I want to do it. And when I do it, I'm going to give it my whole heart. If you've called me to preach and I'm preaching on the street corner, then I'm going to give it my whole heart. If you've called me to preach and the opportunity is the nursing home, then I'm going to give you all my heart. I'm going to give it heart. If you call me and only 20 show up on the time I'm scheduled to preach, I'm going to preach with all of my heart. Come on, somebody. If you've called me to lead worship and nobody is responding and nobody's worshiping but me, I'm going to worship with all my heart. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Because that's what's going to take you into the season of the open doors. Hallelujah. And you don't have to prove anything for them to be opened up because they're already open. They're active. Amen. It's a set time. And I believe, hallelujah, that there's going to be something in this revival. Hallelujah. Spiritually speaking. Amen. That's going to change destiny for those who will say, I'm all in. I'm all in, God. I'm all in. If you're in this place tonight and your relationship with God is lukewarm, you have lost your passion. You know, amen, that you don't have the desire that you ought to have. Amen. I want to give you the opportunity to come. I want you to come right now. Hallelujah. If you're in this place and you're lost and you